Hello, welcome. Today is the 16th of July. We've made it. We survived. Half of July. Hello. And it's hot outside. Very hot. It's me. So we like to stay in on the days. If you ask, what is the worst person I could think of who made it through to the end, who finished and was the best example of the worst of the worst that made it? He was a Satanist, like a head Satanist. What happened? Don't you want to know? I do. Let's read his memoirs. I bring you the biographical memoirs of St. John Bosco by Reverend Eugenio Saria. An American translation from the original Italian. From Celestiana Publishers, New Rochelle, New York, 1985. It's been sealed in Premier Poteste, Very Reverend Dominic de Blase, SDB, who is provincial at New Rochelle, New York, January 31st, 1985, sealed on Feast of St. John Bosco. Thank you so much. Dedicated to Erbi Ratrerb, with profound gratitude to the late lamented and highly esteemed very Reverend Felix J. Penna, who SDB from 1904 and passed away 1962, to whose wisdom, foresight, and noble Salesian heart, the English translation of the biographical memoirs of St. John Bosco is a lasting memory. This Volume is also fondly dedicated to the memory of Reverend Joseph Parazzi, SDB 1919 to 1983, his pioneering efforts to spread the gospel message through the resources of the mass media have effectively promoted the ministry of the word in the Salesian congregation. A quick note. From an editor's preface, St. John Bosco, the central figure of this vastly extensive biography, it's 600 pages, was a towering, towering, like Father Gabriel, person in the affairs of both church and state during the critical 19th century in Italy. He was the founder of two very active religious congregations during a time when other orders were being suppressed. He was a trusted and key liaison. Oh, I like that word. Can I be a liaison? Between the papacy and the emerging Italian nation 
of the resargimento. Above all, in terrible times, he was the saintly Christian educator who successfully wedded modern pedagogy to Christ's law and Christ's love for the poor, young, and thereby deserve the proud title of Apostle of Youths. Cousin Vinny! He was known familiarly throughout the world simply as DB, Don Bosco, with a little apostrophe at the end, on um, like a superscript one, like. His now famous system of education, which he called the preventive system. Oh, I think I read this before earlier, like last year was based on reason, religion, and kindness, and indicated by its prescriptive name that also in education, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yeah, prevent stuff from happening. Won't be so sad. He always sought to place pupils in the moral impossibility of committing sin, the moral disorder from which all evils flow. Right, capital. To ensure the continuation of his educational mission in behalf of youth, he founded two worldwide religious congregations, the Society of St. Francis de Sales, which became known as the Salesian Society, and the Institute of the Daughters of Mary, Help of Christians, Salesian Sisters, which today number more than 400, no, 40,000, dang, 40,000 members, conducting 2,800 educational institutions throughout the world. Baby to help in the difficult art of educating the young. Don Bosco planned to expound his method of education in a book, but absorbed as he was in the task of firmly establishing his two religious congregations and in unceasing other labors, he had to content himself with a simple outline of his ideas in a golden little treatise entitled, The Preventive System in the Education of Youth. We can still have it all, people, can't we? Dawn is an abbreviation for the Lath Dominos. There it is. I knew it was short for something. Master. There it is. It is used in Italy as a title for priests. Oh, yeah. It stands for Father. Dawn. D-O-N. Or Sunrise. Dawn. Page 10. X marks the spot. Fortunately, the biographical memoirs of St. John Bosco are amply compensation for a book, which, if written, might have given us only theories. These memoirs, oh, a monumental work in 19 volumes, <laughs> until recently reserved exclusively to salesians and published only in the original Latin, nope. 
Italian, are now available in this American edition not only to his spiritual children, devotees, and admirers, but also to all who are interested in education and are listening. You hear me? You feel me? In these volumes, Don Bosco is shown in action. Not theorizing, but educating. What he said and did in countless circumstances was faithfully recorded by several of his spiritual sons. Chief among them, Father Giovanni Bastatis. Why does that sound familiar? Giovanni, something about Pio. Giovanni Battista Lemoine. Ooh, say that again. L-E, like a lemon. L-E-M-O-Y-N-E. Like that lemon face. Why do I have to suck this lemon? Why does everybody like to give babies lemons and watch their face go, pucker up? Right? You ever seen those vines, baby vines? Anyways. And they're so cute. You want to see yourself fuck her up. Like, and you laugh at the baby. And the baby's like, why? <laughs> Lemoine. From the day he first met Don Bosco in 1864 to his own death in 1916, Father Lemoine spent his life recording words and deeds of Don Bosco, gathering documents, interviewing witnesses, and arranging raw material for the present 19 volumes of the life of Don Bosco. What do you think, honey? Can we do 19, maybe 23 volumes? I think we can. Eight of which... He himself authored, besides readying another volume for the press before his death. That's like Bruce Lee right there. In the compilation of the biographical memoirs of St. John Bosco, Father Lemoyne's primary sources were the Memoirs of the Oratory from 1835 to 1855. St. Italian Memorial del oratorio dal 1835 al 1855 written by Don Bosco himself the diaries and chronicles of various fellow salesians who daily recorded what Don Bosco said or did numerous letters of the saint the cinq lustri di storia del Oratorio de S. Francesco de Sales, the history of the first John Bonatti, SDB, and personally checked by Don Bosco in proceedings of the diocesan's process of beatification. Beatification! You want beauty? You're gonna be a saint. Yeah. Beatification. Yeah. Yeah. True beauty. Yeah. Collect all the virtues. Ah, so easy. Just guess it. And other in, unimpeccable <laughs> contemporary documents and testimonies. Above all, Father Lemoyne, intelligent, conscious, conscientious, and well-informed, not only used reliable sources, but was himself an eyewitness. He formed what he personally saw and heard from Don Bosco. This enabled him to write a true history. Even though not according to modern critical methods, 
He concerned himself principally with presenting chronologically this, his vast selected material, and therefore his narrative is somewhat fragmentary and may lack scientific method. It is nevertheless true history, even Volume One, which deals mainly with Don Bosco's youth. Two A one one. The documents in the archives at the Salesian Mother House in Turin, Italy, are now being microfilmed and stored in the Don Bosco College Library in Newton, New Jersey. Jersey girl, Jersey girl. Ah, I told you I was Jersey girl. X I. And the training he received from Mama Margaret, Margaret Pearl, his mother, when gifted writers and scholars of the future will produce a critical biography of Don Bosco, the biographical memoirs will still not be surpassed because Father Lemoyne lived at Don Bosco's side. Wrote what he saw and heard, and eminently succeeded in giving us a living portrait of Don Bosco. In editing the translation of the biographical memoirs, accuracy and readability were the goals we set. This was not easy, and occasionally, as regards the latter. We may have fallen short of the mark. Nineteenth-century Italian does not readily lend itself to an agile version that strives to be an accurate translation, and not a paraphrase. May the may the reading of these memoirs. Ugh, ad number two. Skip it. I'm skipping. I'm skipping. <laughs> I love that video. I'm skipping. May the reading of these memoirs portraying the life of a man, whom Pope Pius the Eleven called a giant of sanctity, inspire his spiritual children. To whom this work is primarily directed, and all men and women of good will walk their own path of life in a spirit of service to God and man. Yours sincerely, Father Diego Bord Borgalen Borgaten Borgatello Borgatello, SDB Editor in Chief. New Rochelle, New York, June fifth, nineteen sixty-five, on the a hundred and twenty-fourth anniversary of Don Bosco's ordination. <gasps> Pass one hundred and twenty now, one hundred and twenty-fourth. Editor's note: As in volumes 
6 through 10 and volumes 12 through 13, we have omitted material from the original text that is of little interest to American readers and of no direct consequence to these biographical memoirs. Such omissions will always be pointed out in the footnotes. Yay, footies! Don't you like footies? Father Diego Bortolengo, Borgatello, Borgatello, SDB. Feast of St. John Bosco. Awesome. Thank you, Francis Deslamot. Well, that's a bookmark, but I, I think it's in French or Italian. Les Memorie, first day Giovanni Battista Lemoyne Etude d'un ouvrage fondamental sur la jeunesse de Saint Jean Bosco, Lyon. It's okay. Oh, there's more preface. Seriously, no FaceTime yet? Nope, still no FaceTime. One, two, three, four pages of preface. Time. Yeah, that's an important subject. Time and again, and going through these pages, the readers may feel that Don Bosco is visibly bleeding as he walks beneath the arbor described in his now well-known dream. It was a magnificent rose arbor, roses above him, roses under his feet, roses on every side, but all of them bristling with sharp unseen thorns which ripped his flesh at every step. Casual onlookers watched and wondered or envy as he unhesitantly moved along that flowered path. But those who drew nigh to follow in his footsteps instantly experienced at what price of pain this man of God gained every inch of ground. In this volume, as in others, keep skipping, just keep skipping. Oh, okay, no worries. We'll just take a vape break. In this volume, as in others, we have recounted events and produced documents covering a two year period, which could not be broken up without detriment to our narrative. As we moved step by step through the various periods of Don Bosco's life, we have gathered and coordinated as much material as we possibly could that is relevant to our founder. <gasps> we found the founder. not only to serve 
for the edification of our confreses, confreres, confreres, Maria, but also to prepare the raw content which a future biographer will need for a stirring summary account of Don Bosco's exceptionally personality, exceptional personality as seen within the framework of his time. Within this two-year period, Don Bosco never slackened his laborious diligence in the running of his growing congregation. In his sacred ministry, his management of countless business matters, his frequent journeys, and his countering of the attacks of his adversaries, despite the relentless deterioration of his physical strength. Some timely comments of Blessed Claude de la Colombière will help us understand and better appreciate such intense activity on his part. At a moment of feverish apostolic activity, which was almost overwhelming, Claude wrote to his sister, a visitation, none, chapter two. Go see that. I see. The problem is being constantly surrounded by people while seeking only God, forever having two or three times more work than one can possibly handle, and yet never losing that peace of mind without which it is impossible to hold on to God. To have hardly more than a few moments to withdraw into oneself or pray and prayer for prayer and yet despite this to keep one's mind from wandering away. All this is possible but not so easy. That it is truly possible to clear enough from the lives of both these holy men with a difference, however, that this feverish pace lastly lasted scarcely two years for Blessed de la Colombiere during his first stay at Paris-le-Monial. But Don Bosco experienced it for at least two score years that both of them achieved what la Colombered called a possibility, a statement which proved true for both of them is due to the fact that they took upon themselves all kinds of tasks for supernatural ends only in fulfillment of God's will. The statement made by Pope Pius XI at an audience of June 17, 1932 to the pupils of both major and minor pontifical Roman seminaries casts new light on Don Bosco's spirituality. Among other things, the Pope said of him this, quote, 
every moment of his life was a constant sacrifice, a continued withdrawing into prayer. The most striking impression on anyone talking to him was his alertness to whatever was taking place before him. People came from everywhere to see him about one thing or another, and in a flash, as though he saw it all at once, he would listen, see the entire picture, and often an answer to every question without losing contact with God. One might have said that he was paying no attention to anything being said around him, his thoughts being elsewhere. And so it was. In the spirit, he was one with God, yet in a manner truly surprising. He replied to all questions, finding the exact word to say, causing astonishment and then wonder. This was Don Bosco's life of holiness contemplation, and assiduous prayer in the hours of the night and at every hour of endless, unyielding work through the day. From this reservoir of spiritual life, Don Bosco drew unlimited trust in God so that nothing he ever put his hand too seemed too difficult. Nothing in the future threatened him. He knew how to imbue this same sense of trust in his co-workers and co-operators who never overly worried by spiritual or material problems followed the trail he blazed the former sharing his daily labors, the latter supplying the daily funds he needed for his religious family and for his multiple enterprises. Another concern which never escaped Don Bosco, despite his many preoccupations with his zeal in guiding his salesians to God, his secret of success in this was to love them dearly, each and every one of them, so that they willingly did what was expected of them. This overall fatherly spirit, neither generic nor abstract, gave him that sense of moderation, which is the mark of enlightened and truly superior men, enabling them prudently to adjust to various temperaments and move firmly by gently wherever needed and duty so requires. This leads us to another important observation.
Don Bosco's intense efforts to train those who were to form the first nucleus of his society were long and arduous. For at least 30 years, he toiled to choose them, rear them, shape them, and win them over to himself and to his mission. How often his hopes were crushed by sad defections. But in the end, he reaped the harvest of his undaunted consistency, particularly in two matters. The close bond of the first members with each other and with their head. And secondly, the for firm unity which they have passed down to us. In fact, to this day, over a period of 60 years, none of the deplorable schisms which afflicted other religious families and their origins have as yet shaken our inviolable unity. What more shining proof of this brotherly harmony can we have than the recent election of Don Bosco's fourth successor? Over 80 electors from all four corners of the globe unanimously and with no previous collusion chose Father Peter Ricaldone in such marvelous unanimity, unanimity, so properly welcomed by thousands upon thousands of non-electors that it did not escape the keen eye of Pope Pius XI. In his first audience with the newly elected rector major, he remarked on the significance and merit of the event with pleasure. Walls will creak when their foundations are loose, he said, but solid walls tell us that the architect erected them on solid rock. God, we hope, will never allow harmful agents to draw near to such a substructure, substructure, but if in the course of time destructive forces should assail it, we are confident that they will not manage even to scar it, let alone break it.
a thorough understanding of Don Bosco's life, works, and spirit will perpetually exercise a sovereign influence to weld together ever more firmly all the units of the great structure he created. We now come to ourselves and our own task. Despite the factual evidence of Don Bosco's achievements found also in the period covered by this volume, we must still deplore a sad, extensive lack of understanding on the part of even intelligent people. While the overwhelming evidence of fact forced most people to proclaim the finger of God is here. For others, that finger is was hidden. That finger, finger of Solomon. Anybody? That finger. What? Shh. Was hidden in the humility of his servant. Such is the fate of those who work the hardest to sow in the evangelical field. For generally, it is not the sower who reaps the seeds whose harvest gives joy to the reaper are watered by the tears which suddenly go, which usually go, with the work of sewing. One man sows, another reaps. Those that sow in tears shall reap rejoicing. Psalm 125, 5. Woohoo! Twelve is my birthday. Looks like an infinity month, doesn't it? With two hands up in the air equals ten. Minions. Acknowledgements. For the publication of the biographical memoirs of St. John Bosco, we owe a debt of gratitude to the Reverend August Bosio? SDB, John J. Malloy SDB, the Sal and Salvatore is grow. SDB, Provincials Emeriti, Emirate, Isles of em 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 Emerald, something Emerald, no, like Merit. <gasps> you take the word Merit, you put an E on the left, you put an I on the right, Emeriti. Of the Salesians in the Eastern US, United States, and sponsors of this project. And to the VRDD, very Reverend Dominic de Blas, DDB, SDB, their successor in office. As regards this volume, we wish to express special thanks to Reverend Paul. Aranica A R O 
N I C A S T B Provincial Conciliar for the Salzian family for his very valuable editorial assistance. We are also grateful to those who have helped in one way or another. In particular, Mr. Joseph Isola of the Paulist Press in New York City. Father Diego Borgatello, SDB, Editor in Chief, Editorial Board. Reverend Paul Aran, Aranica, like Aaron, Aranica. Reverend Joseph Bajorek, like your Bajorn, Bajornik, Bajorik. Reverend Emel, like Emmanuel, Emel. Emel, Emel, Emel. E M I L, Emel. Father Leon. For the lonely, far like a Dell, like you want to reach far for your Dell laptop. Just one of them. Far the lonely. Reverend William Kelly. Yeah, we know Kelly. Reverend Peter Lapin. Okay, good enough. Deceased. Reverend Hugh McGlinchy. Reverend Joseph Parozzi. Reverend Chester. Oh boy, here's a hard one. This might be Polish. Skiing. Where? W wishing I was in Iuski. Winiuski. Chester Wisniuski. Okay, great. All right, we'll be right back to start the dedication. No, we just did a dedication. Editor's preference did that. Author's preface did that. Acknowledgements just did that. Salesy and glossary? I guess that was that. Okay. We'll come back with chapter one. Don Bosco's visit to the Salesy and houses in France. We're going to party one way or another. I'm getting kitty, 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 kitty. Good morning. Today is Monday, July 17. Let's continue our story. Does anybody ever listen to the story of Camelot? Right? Who hasn't? I love that story. Is there a book about King Arthur? I wonder. I gotta look into that. Okay, let's look at the Salesian glossary. I like glossaries because to be a writer, you need like words, you know? And it's really hard to come up with good words. <laughs> I can appreciate SAT uh, right now. <laughs> It was it's like every morning you get up, you brush your teeth, and you try to memorize a new word for the day. That's how we got through high school SATs. <laughs> and then we used 
a lot of post-its with, you know, right? Um, <laughs> how to memorize stuff. You have to make it a part of your everyday life. So the easiest way to learn a new language for me is always post-its, one word at a time. You'll write the definition of it on one side. My grandmother taught me this, you know, flashcard method. And you write the word on one side. Post-its just make it easier. <laughs> and so you put the definition on the side that you don't normally get to see. So for your refrigerator, you put the word refrigerator. And then you can add food later. And you can add, you know, more words. But first, you just start with the basic words that you use every day. And in Chinese, we have a method to help you remember where you double down. Meaning like, we always repeat, especially with kids, this is how we teach kids. That's why mom and dad is like, like kids will say daddy. Because dad, one syllable is just too short. When you have a language like Chinese or any other, I'd say Cantonese, I don't know of any other language that has as many tones or diphthongs for one sound. So if you're a little bit off, you're off. You could have like offended that person and not even know it just by being a teeny bit off. You said a completely different word. And you just say sorry a lot and just be like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Please don't kill me. <laughs> so you have to be accurate. You know, one stroke, one slash, you're off, you're off. You said a completely different word, you could have killed somebody. <laughs> so yeah, SAT times, fun. Learning new words. Our glossary for today. It's a very simple glossary, but I think it packs a lot of heavy punches because Bosco doesn't mess around. It's a company of bosses, of Babies. Boss, baby. Boss, 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 baby, boss, boss. Who doesn't love a cute little boss baby? Right? Artisans. Who are artisans? Oh, they're trade school students. Uh-huh. Not traders, no. Trade school. Artisans are students. Assistants? Assistants, assistants are salesian method of supervision of boys and students. It's a method, friendly and informal in manner, stressing the prevention of orders rather than the punishment of offenders. So when you talk assistance, that is the method of your supervision. Great. To assist rather than to punish. Are you engaged? Oh yeah, that's my assistant. Assistant, assistant, right? Ant, A-N-T, is a person. Versus assistance is a method. Got it. To assist, right? You need someone to help you assist. Assistant. What's an assistant? 
a salesian engaged in supervising boys. All right, are you engaged in supervising a boy? You're my assistant in my salesian efforts. So we're Huns who are salesian. We're salesian Huns. Get it? To a sale! Francis! Buddy! Co adjutor. Coadjutor. Agitator? No. Coadjutor. What's Jew? What's J U mean? Juvenile. Delinquent? Well, we hope not. And coadjutor is a lay member, as in layman, as in church, militant, of the Salesian Society. SS, like our cruise. I know, right? Who doesn't like a party cruise? Who doesn't? Well, if you don't, you can jump off the boat and get back on later. We'll throw you something. Like a tether. Watch out below. Tether coming through. Don't you love it how they, right, take the help boat off the boat? I gotta watch that last scene of Titanic again. Oh my gosh, if that is not the edge of your seat for like all 15 minutes or an hour because it just takes forever to sink the Titanic. I was like, dude, are they, aren't they down yet? I'm still? <laughs> I love that movie. I love that movie. The movie that, the year that movie came out is the year my boy's trouble started. Oh my gosh, everybody wanted me to go to see Titanic with them. I'm like, dude, there's only one of me. I can't see my first time with you and also you and also you and satisfy everybody. So, of course, somebody is hurt, okay? Everybody got freaking mad at me for not watching Titanic with them. For my first time. Boys be calling me. Hey, what are you doing tonight? Um, nothing. You want to go see a movie? Sure. I'll come pick you up. Okay. See you in a bit. Click. Dring, dring. Hello. Hey. Oh, hey, what's up? You, you want to go see Titanic with me tonight? Oh. In my head. <sighs> what am I going to do? Great. This is just... Not a good situation to get out of. There's no way to get out. There's no good way to get out. <laughs> right? You can just see it in your head. <laughs> and then, so, we go do a meeting, the business meeting at night. Boy number one, boy number two, and boy number three owns the house. Oh, I'm coming to the meeting, of course, after the movie, and... I'm loving the movie. I'm like in I love movie mode. I go in there and I'm like, <gasps> they're like, oh, where'd you just come from? Why are you coming here with him? Oh, we just came from the movie. It was awesome. It was... Boy number two is like, you just told me you weren't doing anything today. <laughs> Boy number three is like, yeah, how was it? I'm like, why do you make me talk about it in front of him? <laughs> Guys, help me out here. 
good what's a girl to do what's a girl to do i just don't <laughs> everybody be mad at me nobody wants to <sighs> the curse of being loved too much Yeah, my prom, no, my graduation party, and they have the senior prom, you know, celebration party, after party, the graduate, right, after graduation party, that's where it was. All my friends are there. I didn't have any girlfriends, they hate me. Why? Just don't go there. Okay. You know why. Yeah. Boys like me, so they take me to my after party. They don't want to all dance with me. I'm just dancing. I'm just, I'm just always dancing. <laughs> I don't care who's there. Or not. If you want to dance with me, cool. But let me tell you a story about dancing with partners. We're gonna label that story Glen Echo Spanish Ballroom. Yeah, I took ballroom in college. Up, Jeff. Only 8 a.m. class I could make myself wake up to. <laughs> Jeff was my partner, my buddy. Well, I met Jeff in art class. Jeff is an architect. He's a he's the one who took me to my first youth group meetings with Andrew. Andrew was the first to confront me with the hard question so are you gonna so are you gonna you know you like Jesus or not (laughs) I forgot exactly how he asked me but oh I wish I could find Andrew someday he's Jamaican I think I love his accent though and he would explain to me and he would he's the one who taught with skits I love skits and Grayson we it was our team, I forgot who was on my team, and then Grayson's team, and the theme that night for youth group was Friday nights, can you do a skit for the one word, love, what is it, without any words, no, 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 he didn't say without any words, but that was the assignment, one word, make a skit for it, best one wins, right, everybody getting a team, And the winning skit was Grayson's team. And they didn't say a word. And I'll describe it for you. Here's, he would have his heart in his hands. And I, I'm just going to describe it. The point is, It's like you holding a broken heart in your hands. And it's broken because you kept giving your love away. And it wasn't returned. And so it was broken. So here he is, a guy walking, and you could see his expression looking down in his hands and looking at his broken heart. And then somebody comes along and he And this person gives them something, you know, just empty hands, the whole skit, it was beautiful. 
this person gives them their empty hands and then they and it fills their broken heart and it mends it and then so the little heart in his hands became bigger and because it became bigger he gives it to somebody else and then every time he gave more it became bigger and the more he gave it became bigger and the more he his own heart became bigger and that's as much as I remember it I, it it was my first youth group meeting at the Methodist Church and to me it was just youth group it, I, it wasn't Methodist it wasn't denomination or just youth it was just getting together with a bunch of people playing guitar singing songs learning to sing songs properly <laughs> it wasn't anything fancy just a guy on a guitar and a projector overhead light you know best invention ever this was a long time ago people before internet okay great and it just really stuck in my head I said how can that happen I don't know anything about God people my first youth group meeting ever. So yeah. I want to share it. Fast forward. Today I would say that is the ultimate definition and what I see from Jesus I trust in you divine mercy image. If I, if I were to make anything into an NFT that was my plan. I said, Father Chris. Father Chris be like, we're carpenters. We're over here hand making every single one of these divine wars, these portraits for y'all. The Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Hearts of Christ, Mother Mary, the, the Divine Image by Faustina. Jesus telling her, I don't care what you have to do. Y'all make this into my image. And make it into every single hand and every single home that I might be blessing them. And I'm like, is this Harry Potter come to life? All my favorite things in one? Oh, be still my heart. I am just oh, exploding. So yeah, NFT that, my peoples. Talk to me. Talk to me. Anybody an expert in NFT and would like to take the reins on that? I have some ideas in mind. Right? People are like, <laughs> look on their face. <laughs> it's like the begging emoji, I think. I don't I still don't know how to right? The the mystery egg Easter egg hunt is trying to find the word to match every emoji. So I don't have to like slowly go in there and have to look for each one. I can type faster. So if you know, if you find the Easter egg, meaning you found a word for that emoji, please share it. Great, thanks. It's simple. You just type the word out and then the emoji. Yep, yep, yep. That's what I've been doing. Can you get to the next word already? Companion of ute, the, comma, the. Why do they do that? Why do they put A's and the's at the end with a comma? 
Well, that's because whenever you have to categorize stuff, such as the salesian glossary that we're reading for the general public, reading general public, you wanna you, you can't categorize everything under the and a right. I learned that when trying to categorize my stores stacks of DVDs way back when before internet got popular. Okay, great. The Companion of Youth is a prayer book. Oh, see, I told you. Composed by St. John Bosco for the use of boys. Okay? With boys to use. Originally entitled Roman numeral number two, Giovanni Proveduto. G I O V A N E P R O V V. Double victorious? Oh, yeah! E-D-U-T-O. Well, bookmark me that. Okay. Well, we'll be right back with cooperators. Thank you for cooperating. We love you. Ooh, take a picture of your tourist. I love that movie. Tourist. <laughs> Co-operator sees a smooth operator. Oh, I gotta get that song. Smooth operator. Something like that. Christians. Laymen. Lay religious. Or aka priests. Who, even if they have no religious vows, (gasps) follow a vocation. Vo- vacation? A vacation where you're vocating. Vo. 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 Got it. Vocation. Follow. A. To holiness. By offering. What? Themselves. <laughs> to work. For what? The young. <laughs> In the spirit of Don Bosco. DB. David Busters. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Who doesn't love David Busters and tickets and rewards and prizes? You can throw balls at stuff and snoot stuff and be the first at the horsey race with water guns. Who doesn't love a carnival? Six Flags? Anybody? Or King's Dominion? Either one. In the service or Dell's Cap Water Park? Capital of the world, Dells, Wisconsin. Anybody? In the service of the local church and in communion with the Salesian congregation. Congregate, people. Okay. So you don't have blood clots from stress. Why would I have blood clots from stress? Because you're coagulating. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Exercise yourself. 
so you don't have to get exorcised. Oh, right? It's spelled so closely. Exercise for a happy death. <laughs> no, right? A monthly practice of piety that promotes. You want to get promoted? Come here. Spiritual recollection. What are you collecting? And fervor. Fervor. By meditation on one's eventual death. Yeah, eventual. You want to event you all? <laughs> it stresses the reception. You want to be received of the sacraments. Is it sacra enough for you? Yeah, I hate fake sugar. It tastes nasty. I can always taste, taste fake sugar. I don't care what you put it in. It tastes nasty. Can we get the original honey? Hello. It's just self-antibacterial. It doesn't go bad. Look, people. If the thing itself cannot help itself, it can't help you. Right? Why am I going to eat anything else? If it didn't grow in a box, and it's dead. Don't eat it. Eat something that's still alive, like honey. The good stuff with the honeycomb still in it. Or you can get the other one with the blue cap. What was it called? I don't know, but I have... Uh, it's white bottle, blue cap words. It's just good stuff. It's like the right consistency. You gotta get the right consistency. It's all about the flour that they're eating from. You don't want it too watery like that bear. I do like the honey bear. The, you know, the, the, the jar that's shaped like a plastic bear. So cute. I always reuse bottles. A monthly practice of piety that promotes spiritual recollection and fervor by meditation on one's eventual death. It stresses the reception of the sacraments of confession. Yeah, just vent it out. You feel much better. It's like word vomit. Yeah. And HC, Holy Communion. As if for the last time. As if every day. Just live it like it's your last day on earth. No regrets. And then tomorrow you're like, all right, what are we going to do today? It's all new. Festive oratory. Oratory? Ora pro nobis. Got it. A salesian work, which, what are you doing for, what, what are you doing for a living? I'm a salesian work. Great, I got three word answer now. Yay, I can finally answer her. She, she keeps texting me every damn day. What do you do for a living? I try to come up with a new answer every darn day. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how to explain it to you. I'm like, can you tell me what, are you alive? Hello? Are you a bot? Hello? Who does that? Same question every day. Nothing changes. Ugh, Groundhog Day. SSDD that. Anybody? No. A salesian work which offers boys and young men YMCA organized, recreational, educational, and religious activities mostly on Sundays 
snow cones, Dairy Queens, and festive days. A festive B-Fi-Fo-Fum, yeah, the F-O. The festive oratory was SJB's St. John Bosco's first work and, for a good many years, his only one. Why do we like acronyms so much? Thank you, Rachel Ray. He ordered, he, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) He called it oratory, right? You want to order at Panda Express? That is a place of prayer because its primary purpose was to teach boys to go to church and pray. Quote, its objectives were the practice of religion and virtue. What are you practicing? Religion and virtue. RV. RV. Got it. Wait, no, we're driving. It was beautiful. I can still see the cliffs of water. Colorado was beautiful. Everybody kept telling me, oh, you gotta go to Colorado. Look, I service a lot of truckers in my vape shop because they would say, Amy, I go and drive all the way up and down the coast, but they come to me for their vape juice because only I can mix it. Mm-hmm. Call them for my truckers. Amy, I, you know how many vape shops I drove past from here to Florida? You go out of business, I ain't vaping no more. Please don't go back to, to smoking. They all went back to smoking. So I said, you know what? I'm going to just go and take down the head. Who's the big boss here? Who do I have to confront? Show yourself. Yeah, my hand's still up. Its objectives were the practice of religion and virtue. Still objective. Hey, if the problem's still there, I can't hold my peace. I get triggered. The boy's moral education and consequently the salvation of their souls. Recreation, entertainment, singing, and schooling, mm-hmm, which followed in due time. D-E-E-D-U-E. Put yourself in the D-E. They, for only the means. We're, 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 we're only the means. Yeah, that were only the means. Yeah. You got means? Yeah. Reference quote, the biographical memoirs of St. John Bosco, volume 2, page 71. See also volume 3, pages 670. Good night. What does that mean? A short talk immediately after night prayers given by the director. Or. What's up, Jordy? Hehe, <laughs> Or someone in his stead. It consists of advice, exhortations, or occasional remarks. Oratory. See festive oratory. Oratory of St. Francis de Sales. The Oratory, abbreviated form of The Oratory of St. Francis de Sales. See below. Oratory of St. Francis de Sales. The 
the first festive oratory and the first boarding school for boys founded by St. John Bosco in a district of Turin known also as Valdocco. You need a... I can never remember. I'm seeing it in my head. Saint Val Kilmer! That's it! That's it! That's it! Valkyrie? I don't know! Close enough! Val! But what's the name of the movie? Val Kilmer something. It's Val Kilmer. Something. I'll, I'll think of it. When Daddy wakes up, he'll tell me. He's the only one that can remember anything for me. DJ that. The mother house of the Salesian congregation. On a rainy night. Purple rain, purple rain. Of Monday, of May 1847. A hungry youngster. Oliver. Drenched from head to foot. Knocked at DB's door. Don Bosco. Hello? Mother? Don Bosco's mother fed him and prepared a place for him to sleep. See Despicable Me! Or The Biographical Memoirs of St. John Bosco, Volume 3, pages 14, 111. Part 2 of Despicable Me. Is, it, is there a part 3? I don't know. Minions! Thus, side by side, with the festive oratory, there began a hospice that eventually grew into a large boarding school and became the mother house. We're no longer in the shoe, people. We're moving up in the world of the Salesian congregation. SC that. Preventive system. Oh, yeah. The Salesian method of education and discipline. <laughs> it's like a carousel <laughs> based on reason and religion. R and R that. It stresses vigilance. Vigil that. Like a candle. Guidance. Yeah, like your guardian angel. And sympathetic. It's basic. Empathetic is high advanced level. Don't worry about it for now, grasshopper. Understanding in the training of the young. Yeah, the young. Val Doc Co. Capital A. V. Capital A. Capital L. Like the veil. Where do we drive through the veil in the RV? Was that Colorado? Avalon? Aspen? I don't know. A destination. Val Doc. You know? With doctrine, doctor, doctorate, doc. Hey, doc. Time machine. Got it. Valorian Doc Q. Capital V, capital A, capital L, capital D, capital O, capital C. Little O. Little C. A district. You want a district? Of where? The big T U R N. Turin. Awesome. So cool. The name is probably a contraction of the Latin meals. OCC. Ah. Eso. So. Rum. Rum. 
Cheers. Cheers, Butterbeer. The Valley of the Slain. Rootbeer. I.E. Some Soldiers. Axel Ridge. Of the Ban Legion. Who were martyred under Emperor Maximian. Maximilian? Maximian. The Salesian Motherhouse stands on the site of their martyr dum 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 night of the museum dum dum see the biographical memoirs of saint john bosco volume two pages two three three f f what does that stand for still don't know 268 get it thank you for joining us of this animated reading of the biographical memoirs of St. John Bosco. Glossary. Sales in. Glossary. For the general public. Reading. By Celestior. Thank you for joining us. Signing off for now. Pope Celestine V In Latin Celestinus From 1215 Passed away 1296 Born Pietro Angelerio Angelari Angelario Langeri Pietro da Morone Peter of Morone and Peter Celestine as was head of the Catholic Church and rule ruler of the Papal States for five months from July 5th to December 13th 1294 when he resigned he was also a monk and a hermit who founded the order of the Celestines as a branch of the Benedictine order As Bishop of Rome in Newcastle, Castello Nuovo. His portrait is painted by the hand of Niccolò di Tommaso. His papacy began 1294, July 5th, 
preceded by Nicholas the Fourth and successor Boniface the Eighth. Orders, consecration, nineteenth of August, twelve ninety-four, by Hugh. Aislin, 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 A Y C E L I N. He was born near Isernia, Kingdom of Sicily. There it is, Golden Girls. Grandma. He died. In Ferentino, Papal States, F E R E N T I N O, twelve ninety six, May nineteenth. Previously, he served as Superior General of the Celestines from twelve seventy four to twelve ninety four. He is venerated in the Catholic Church on May 19, canonized on 1313, May 5 by Pope Clement V. Attributes: Papal tiara. You'll see him pictured with a papal tiara. Investments: Book. He is the patron of bookbinders. Papal resignations, Aquila, you know Aquil, Urbino, like a city, Molise, Mona Lisa, Sant'Angelo Limosano, Anya Limo, Maxi, other people's named Celestine, <laughs> other popes. Oh, there's other popes. How many? I want to know. <gasps> Count them one. Oh, number two was an anti-pope. Yep, that's Michael, my second son, right there. Oh, there's two. There's an anti-two and a pope two. Interesting. Who came first? The anti, and then the regular one. The anti only served for like one year, eleven twenty-four. The first one was in four hundred four twenty-two. Was Pope Celestine the first? Four twenty-two to four thirty-two. Ten years later, minions. Anti-pope came around eleven. That's seven years later. Seven hundred years later. So anyway, the anti-pope served a year. Blah 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 blah. Twenty years later, eleven forty-three, the second real Pope Celestine shows up for like a year to eleven forty-four. Other popes, yada yada yada. Fifty years later, Pope Celestine the Third, eleven ninety one to one one ninety eight. Okay, now we're winding down, getting a tight. Fifty years later, Pope Celestine the Fourth, twelve forty two. Yada yada yada. Fifty years later, Pope Celestine the Fifth. Twelve ninety four. Well, that is just awesome. Wow, I did not even know that. Amazing, ain't it? Roman Catholic Church. Oh yeah. 
he was elected Pope in the Catholic Church's last non-conclave papal election. What does that mean? I don't know. Click on it later. Ending a two-year impasse. Yeah, that fits. Among the few edicts of his to remain in force was the confirmation of the right of the Pope to resign. Can I retire now? Anybody? Nearly all of his other official acts were annulled by his successor, Boniface. Efface. The Eighth. On December 13, 1294, a week after issuing the decree, Celestine resigned. Yeah. She was like, when are you leaving? Uh, I was like, I don't know. What do you want me to... You guys are telling me to... You know what? I'll leave April 1st. What a... Auspicious day, I said. (laughs) Then they're all confused. They're like, so are you leaving or not? (laughs) I filled out the paperwork, didn't I? Can't count on computers either anyways. Stating... His desire to return to his humble pre-papal life. He was subsequently imprisoned by Boniface in the castle of Fumon. You fuming by yourself? O-N-E by yourself? One and lonesome? Yeah! Fumon. In the Lazio region. Lazio. The Z. In order to prevent his potential installation as anti-pope. He died in prison on 19th of May, 1296. No fun there. At the age of 81. Celestine was canonized on 5th of May, 1313 by Pope Clement V. No subsequent pope has taken the name of Celestine. Well, ain't that interesting? I think so. Early life? Yeah. Pietro Angelerio. Well, isn't that interesting, right, Angel? She's sleeping. Was born to parents Angelo Angelerio and Maria. Oh, there she is. Leone. There's my lion. Leo, I'm a Leo. In a town called Ant, no, Sant Angelo. Limusano. There's my limousine. In the kingdom of Sicily. Oh, yeah, Sicily. You show Sicily. No, I show Sicily. <laughs> Sant'Angelo Limusano is now part of Provincia di Campopasso in Molise, Italy. After his father's death, he became began working in the fields. Field of dreams. His mother Maria was a key figure in Pietro's spiritual development. No surprise there. She imagined ah, a different future for her deeply beloved son than becoming just a farmer or a shepherd. From the time he was a child, He showed great intelligence and love for others. He became a Benedictine monk at FAI 
F O L I. Faith for life. Faithfully, faithfully it. In the diocese of Benevento. Right, that good venture when he was 17. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm young. Isn't that bat mitzvah time? Google it? He showed all my stuff is on all my pictures on Google and can never access them because my internet is so dang slow from day one. I have all my videos, all my pictures on Google, and I cannot access them. My drive, there's, there's no drive in my Google. <laughs> He showed an extraordinary disposition toward asceticism and solitude. Yeah, we're loners. No worries. And in 1239, retired finally to a solitary cave. Leave me alone on the beach, on the cave in Montagne del Morone. Oh, yeah, I need some me time with some you time. Hence his name, Peter. Peter. Of Morone. Five years later, I know some good caves and beaches. What's up, people? Five years later, ice age, part five. Until then, in my dreams, he left his retreat and went into two companions to a similar cave in the even more remote Mayaila mountain in the Abruzzi region of central Italy, where he lived as strictly as possible, according to the example of John the Baptist. Accounts exist of the severity of his penitential practices. Have you been found? Founding of Celestines while living like this is. In 1244, Sayla, 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 he founded the order subsequently named after him, the Celestines. A new religious community was formed, and Pietro gave them a rule formulated in accordance with his own practices. In 1264, the new institution was approved by Urban IV. Having heard that it was a probable that Pope Gregory the X, 10, then holding a council at Lyon, this one spelled L Y O N, Harar, would suppress all such new orders as had been founded since the Lat Lateran Council had commanded that such. Institutions should not be further multiplied. So Pietro went to Lyon. Where he succeeded in persuading Gregory to approve his new order. <laughs> Silently laughing to myself. 
making it a branch of the Benedictines and following. You know what the Benedictines are known for, right? Beer. Hello, 39 clues. And following the rule of St. Benedict, now adding to it additional severities and privations. Right? What's up? Over there with pints with Aquinas. Assured to it the possession of all property it might acquire. And we got some good coffee over there. Right? Scarecrow? Where's my scarecrow? And endowed it with exception from the authority of the ordinary. Who wants to be ordinary? Well, when it's ordinary time, whatever. Extraordinary. Extra, extra, read all about it. Nothing more was needed to ensure the rapid spread of the new association. And Pietro lived to see himself as superior general. Sir. G. The G spot. 236 monasteries and more than 600 monks later. Pietro, however cannot be accused of ambition or the lust of power when a monastic superior any more than when he insisted on divesting himself of the papacy to which he was subsequently raised. as he had seen his new order thus consolidated he gave up the government of it to a certain Robert and retired once again to a still more remote solitude to give himself up more entirely to solitary penance and prayer shortly afterwards in a chapter of the order held in 1293 the order monastery of M.A. Jella Magella being judged to be too desolate and exposed to too rigorous a climate, it was decided that Abba Zia Morones in the plains of Salmona should be the headquarters of the order and the residence of the general superior as it continued to be until the order was extinguished in the 19th century. 
Thanks. Thanks, Adele. The Cardinals. Election as Pope. The Cardinals assembled at Perugia after the death of Pope Nicholas IV in April 1292. After more than two years, a consensus had still not been reached. Pietro, well known to the Cardinals as a Benedictine hermit, sent the Cardinals a letter warning them that divine vengeance, divine vengeance, DV, Would fall upon them if they did not quickly elect a pope. Latino, Mala, Branca, the aged and ill dean of the College of Cardinals cried out, In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I elect Brother Pietro de Morone. Exclamation mark. The cardinals promptly ratified Malabranca's desperate decision. When sent forth, Pietro obstinately refused to accept the papacy, and even, as Patriarch says, tried to flee until he was finally persuaded by a deputation of cardinals accompanied by the king of Naples. And the pretender to the throne of Hungary. Elected on July 5th, 1294, at age 79, he was crowned at Santa Maria de Colleg Magni. Mag! Oh, College of Magianos! In the city of Aquila, in the Bruzo. Bruzo. Z, um, yeah, those z, z's on the 29th of August, taking the name Celestine V. Ensure safety and reduce emissions. Each application poses a set of challenges for the selection of the right gas analyzer and relevant system or solution. Emerson provides a comprehensive range of gas analysis technologies and end-to-end solutions that offer measurements for process control, quality, safety, combustion, and emissions monitoring. Toulouse, T-O-U-L-O-U-S-E. You want to lose? I want to lose. Can I lose some time to appreciate the winnings? You win, I lose. Next time, you lose, I win. Then I lose again, and you win again. I win again, you lose again. Patsy, Patsy. Shortly after assuming office, Celestine issued a papal bull granting a rare plenary indulgence to all pilgrims visiting Santa Maria de Calle Maggio. Maggio. Through its holy door on the anniversary of his papal coronation, the, the Celestinian forgiveness. Say it in Italian. I pardon you. Pardonanza. Celestina Iena. Festival is celebrated in. La- Aquila 
after every 28th to 29th August in commemoration of this event. With no political experience, Celestine proved to be an especially weak and un in ineffectual pope. He held his office in the Kingdom of Naples, out of contact with the Roman Curia, and under the complete power of King Charles II. He appointed the king's favorites to church offices. Sometimes several to the same office. One of his was Louis of Toulouse. Come in. Hi, baby Alex. Hello, my Alex. How are you today? You're eating sugar candy rock. Mm, give me one. Give mommy one. Thank you. One more? More? No one. Uh-huh. Huh? Oh, give me a small one or a big one? Big one? Thank you. Mm, yummy. Oh, be careful. Louis of Toulouse, whom Celestine ordered, given clerical tonsure, T O N S U R E N. Minor orders. Although this was not carried out, he renewed a decree of Pope Gregory the Tenth. X. That. Okay, we'll be back. We'll, we're gonna take a quick break. Flower. You got flower on the straw. It's nice. Let us pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh -huh. Let's renew our consecration to Mary. Benny Creator Spiritus. Come Holy Spirit, Creator blessed. And in our souls, take up thy rest. Come with thy grace and heavenly aid to fill the hearts which thou hast made. O comforter to thee we cry, O heavenly gift of God most high, a fount of life and fire of love, and sweet, <laughs> sweet anointing from above. Thou in thy sevenfold gifts are known. Thou finger of God's I hand, hand we own. I hope promise of the Father. 
and a whole spirit. Uh, uh, who thus uh, with a tongue with power imbues. Uh, the only star. Kindle our sense uh, from above. Uh, and make our hearts overflow with love. With patience firm and virtue high, the weakness of our flesh supply. Far from us drive the foe we dread, and grant us thy peace instead. So shall we not, with thee for guide, turn from the path of life aside. Oh, may thy grace on us bestow the Father and the Son to know. Seriously, you spilled all of it. Here, put it back in. I just made it. Put it back in. Mommy, I just made it. Okay, okay, accident. Come here, help me put it back in. Oh no, the wall candy fall down. Yeah, I'll fall down. I'll kill it. Yeah, take your stick, stick it. Oh, may thy grace on us bestow the Father and the Son to know, and thee through endless times confessed of both the eternal Spirit blessed. Now to the Father and the Son, who rose from death, be glory given. With thou, O holy comforter, henceforth by all, in Only order and heaven. So da. Amen. Mommy, I got the win. Yeah. Mommy win. Mm. Ah, yeah, yeah. Ah, God's own mother blessed, ever sinless virgin. Gate of heavenly rest. Taking that sweet Ave, which from Gabriel came, please, peace confirm within us. Adi. Changing Eve's name. You're waking Daddy up. Don't sing so loud. Adi, Adi, Adi. Mommy, no
demonstrative day as in demoing exactly and then seeing what happened okay like we saw what happened and then the explanation came all right and then the decision came and wait I go repenting and yeah it's been a good day Wednesday 19 July 2023 we need extra prayers because tomorrow's another day We have visitors, so we'll see. Getting ready for visitors. All right, we're going to read for our scripture, Ephesians today, because I haven't read that in a while. Long while to the point where I don't remember what it's about. So, yep, time to read. Thank you for the reminder. I was just thinking I'm going to read Ephesians. I bookmarked it and everything. And then all of a sudden I find somebody who their tag name is Ephesian. And I'm like... There you go. Confirmation. Let's read. The letter of Paul to the Ephesians. Not that long, people. Salutation. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are also faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Should I find some music, you guys? Why not? It might help the baby stay asleep. No, let's just keep it plain. Don't want to risk it. Spiritual blessings in Christ. Blessed be the Father and blessed be the God, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who was blessed? Who has blessed us in Christ? With every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and blameless before Him. He destined us in love to be His sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, which He freely bestowed. On us in the beloved. The only one attached to that name. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness 
of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavishes, He lavished upon us, for He has made known to us, in all wisdom and insight, the mystery of His will, according. To his purpose, his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in Him. Things in heaven and things on earth. In him, according to the purpose of him who accomplishes all things according to the counsel of his will, we who first hoped in Christ have been destined and appointed to live for the praise of his glory. In him. You also, who have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and have believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance, until. We acquire possession of it, to the praise of His glory. Paul's prayer: For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of our hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope. To which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power in us who believe, according to the working of his great might, which he accomplished. In Christ, when He raised Him from the dead, and made Him sit at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and have every name that is named, not only in His age. But also, in that which is to come.
and he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all, all in all. From Death to Life with Christ, Chapter 2. And you, he had, and you, he made alive when you were dead through the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Among these, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, following the desires of body and mind. And so, we were, by nature, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him and made us sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not because of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. One, one in Christ just one. Therefore, remember that at once, remember therefore that at one time you, Gentiles, in the flesh, called the uncircumcision 
by what is called the circumcision. What which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near in the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down the dividing wall of hostility. In one body through the cross. Oh. Verse 14. For he is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down the dividing wall of hostility. A metaphor taken from the wall that divided the court of the Gentiles from the court of the Israelites in the temple by abolishing in his flesh the law of commandments and ordinances. Verse 15, by abolishing in his flesh, his flesh, the law of commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. So, making peace. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby bringing the hostility to an end. 17. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. 18. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. 19. So then, 
you are no longer strangers and sojourners, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. 20. Built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord. 22. In whom you also are built into it for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Chapter 3 Paul's Ministry to the Gentiles For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you, Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. Verse 3 How the mystery i.e. the mystery that the Gentiles were to be admitted to the church on the basis of equality. Verse 3. How the mystery was made known to me by revelation. As I have written briefly, When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the saints, by the Spirit. Verse 6, that is, how the Gentiles are fellow heirs, H-E-I-R-S. Heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. Verse 8. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, nine, and to make all men see what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God, who created all things, ten, 
that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Eleven. This was according to the eternal purpose which He has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we have boldness and confidence of access through our faith in Him. So, I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Or I ask I may that I may not lose heart. Over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. I'm offering this reading for my prayer intentions, and they will know who they are. Prayer for the Ephesians, verse fourteen. For this reason. I bow my knees before the Father. Fifteen, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Sixteen, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, eighteen, may have power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, nineteen, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, to him who, by the power at work within us, is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. Twenty-one. To him be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus, to all generations, for ever and ever. Amen. Chapter Four, Unity in the Body of Christ. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, beg you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Two, with all lowliness and meekness, with patience, forbearing one another in love. Three, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, and one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Six, one God and Father of us all, who is above all and through all and in all. Grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. 
Therefore it is said, quote, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying, quote, he ascended, unquote, what does it mean? But that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth, right? Like it says in our creed. Ten, he who descended is he who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. 11. And his gifts were that some should be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Verse 12. To equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Thirteen, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed back and forth, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the cunning of men, by their craftiness and deceitful wiles. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ who is the head into Christ 16 from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every joint with which it is supplied when each part is working properly, makes bodily growth and upbuilds itself in love. 17. The old life and the new. Let's make every day new. Tonight I'm going to delete all the history and start fresh, new tomorrow together. Happy birthday every day. Verse 17. Now this I affirm and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds. 18. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. 19. They have become callous and have given themselves up to licit 
licentiousness, licentiousness, greedy to practice every kind of uncleanness. 20. You did not so learn Christ. 21. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. 22. Put off the old man that belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful lust. Lusts. 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your minds. 24. And put on the new man created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. 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 25. Rules for the new life. Therefore, putting away falsehood, let everyone speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. Be angry, but do not sin. Be angry, but do not sin. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. 28. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his hands, apprenticeships, so that he may be able to give to those in need. 29. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for edifying, as fits the occasion. But it may that it may impart grace to those who hear it. 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, in whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. 31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice, 32. And be kind to one another, hearted, tender-hearted, tender loving care, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. We'll be right back. Okay, we have a request regarding hair, which is a very interesting topic to me because my husband has long hair. I'll be quiet. Yeah, my husband has long hair, and so this is a very uh, old topic for us. Anyways, here we go. Oh, by the way, I'll tell you about the military and Indian scout story about long hair later. 
the Nazi rights. Chapter six of Numbers, book of Numbers, chapter six. And the Lord said to Moses, quote, "Say to the sons of Israel." Say to the sons of Israel, when either a man or a woman—so really doesn't matter—when either man or woman makes a vow, the vow of a N A Z I R I T E Nazirite to separate himself to the Lord, he shall separate himself. From wine, and this is a link from six verse three links to Luke one fifteen. All right. We'll read that in a second. He shall separate himself from wine and strong drink. He shall drink no vinegar made from wine or strong drink. He shall drink no vinegar. Well, that's important. Vinegar fed to Christ on the cross, made from wine or strong drink. Not no vinegar at all, but made from wine or strong drink. Yeah, you, yeah, you. That's not good vinegar. You want like apple cider vinegar, right? Something like that. White rice, rice, rice wine vinegar. It's a form of fasting. Okay. And shall not drink any juice or grapes or eat grapes, fresh or dried. No grapes. No drinking any juice of grapes. No eating grapes. Either kind. No eating or drinking grapes. Got it. Oh, I remember Jesus saying, "I shall not partake of this until I come again," or something like that. Verse four. All the days. Of his separation, Nazirite ship. Okay, that the time of all the days of his separation. This is called Nazirite ship. Okay, he shall not. He shall eat nothing. All the days of his separation, Nazirite ship. He shall eat nothing that is produced by the grape vine, not even the seeds. Or the skins, nothing. Verse five. All the days of his vow of separation, no razor shall come upon his head. Okay, no razors until until the time is completed for which he separates himself to the Lord. It sounds like Shaolin Temple. Or does it? I don't know. He shall be holy. He shall let the locks of his hair, of his head, grow long. Oh, all the days. He, sh- all the days that he separates himself to the Lord, he shall not go near a dead body. Well, we haven't eaten grapes in like the longest time. Just FYI, no fruits are, except green vegetables mostly. Neither for his father, 
nor for his mother or for brother or sister. If they die, shall he make himself unclean because his separation to God is upon his head? His hair is on his head, so he shouldn't, if his family members die, make himself unclean. Verse 8. Right, can't touch dead people even if your mother, father, siblings die. Okay, because, okay, great. What does it mean to be unclean? You can't go to their funeral? Well, they did tell me that, well, I, I failed to attend all my close friends' funerals because they told me I couldn't go there because I was pregnant. Is that a thing? Every time I'm pregnant, it just so happens somebody close to me dies while I'm pregnant. Okay, I don't know. Just how it is. Verse 9. And if any man dies very suddenly beside him, and he defiles his consecrated head, he defiles his consecrated head, how? Then he shall shave his head, right? If there's a, there's a, there you go, there's an option. If then he shall shave his head on the day of his cleansing. Yeah, so shave your head. A lot of people do that apparently. On the seventh day, he shall shave it. Okay. 10. On the eighth day, he shall bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons to the priest, to the door of the tent of meeting. 11. And the priest shall offer one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. Right? You repent and you offer it up. And make atonement for him because he sinned by reason of the dead body. Right? Rule number one, you have to have mercy. So you sacrifice your own hair, your own Nazareth ship to help this man and so afterwards you go clean yourself and shave your head and there you go what okay and the priest shall offer 11 and the priest shall offer one for sin offering and the other for burnt offering and make atonement for him because he sinned by reason of the dead body and he shall consecrate his head that same day Okay, the laying of the hands, all that good stuff. And separate himself to the Lord for the days of his separation. And bring, so you just go back to normal. And bring a male lamb, a year old, for a guilt offering. This sounds just like the pilot of the chosen. But the former time shall be void. Yeah, null and void. Because his separation was defiled. Yeah, so you just start over. It's kind of like when we did martial arts and everybody was lined up on the fence and we had to do it as a team. So to encourage teamwork instead of individual competition, if one person lets their leg down before the appointed time of one minute is over, when which you had to keep kicking really, really fast as fast as you can for like a whole minute without stopping or putting your foot ninety below 90 degrees from your body, kick, 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 kick. If one person lowers it, everybody has to start over. Yeah, great team encouragement. Thirteen. And this is the law for the Nazarite 
when the time of his separation has been completed. Yeah, there's like, it's not forever. He shall be brought to the door of the tent meeting. 14. And he shall offer his gift to the Lord. There you go. Get back. Some R&R time. Quality time. Get over your trauma of having been near a dead body. I would be dramatized. I don't know about you. One male lamb a year old without blemish for a burnt offering and one ewe lamb a year old without blemish as a sin offering and one ram without blemish as a peace offering and a basket of unleavened bread cakes of fine flour mixed with oil this sounds like bake sale at the church where you go bake something and the church benefits from the cash or like when you have the multiple different like places in the church where you could deposit your offerings they have different envelopes for different purposes i'm always wondering which basket is for what but i just see multiple baskets and then there's the regular envelope you send you know that they send to your house and you can just send anyway lots of ways of giving and a basket of unleavened bread cakes of fine flour mixed with oil and unleavened wafers spread with oil well that doesn't sound like a eucharist and their cereal offering and their drink offerings sounds like asian people putting food and fruits in front of the little altar in front of the restaurant you know yeah and the priest shall present them before the lord and offer his sin offering and his burnt offering and he shall offer the ram as a sacrifice of peace offering to the Lord with the basket of unleavened bread the priest shall offer also its cereal offering and its drink offering and the Nazarite shall shave his head his consecrated head at the door of the tent meeting and shall take the hair from his consecrated head and put it on the fire which is under the sacrifice of the peace offering. All right, when all that is over, verse 19, and the priest shall take the shoulder of the ram, ooh, meat time, when it is boiled, and one unleavened cake out of the basket, and one unleavened wafer, and shall put them upon the hands of the Nazarite. Could you imagine a time of drought and the king didn't have this to offer up for the people? He offers up himself. Who does that? Only one king I know in history. Emperor Shan, I think. After he has shaven the hair of his consecration, verse 20, and the priest shall wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. They are a holy portion for the priest together with the breast that is waved 
and the thigh that is offered. And after that, the Nazarite may drink wine. There you go. Cheers. Verse 21. After that, the Nazarite may drink wine. Number 21. Last one, last paragraph. Quote, This is the law for the Nazarite who takes a vow. Law for the for, law for the vow. His offering to the Lord shall be according to his vow as a Nazarite. His offering according to his Nazarite right. Okay, you got Dominicans, you got Franciscans, what? Apart from what else? he can afford in accordance with the vow which he takes so shall he do according to the law for his separation as a Nazarite okay done 13 and 44 seconds sorry almost the priestly benediction 22 the Lord said to Moses quote Say to Aaron and his sons, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, 24, The Lord bless you and keep you. 25, The Lord make his face shine upon you. (gasps) That's today's reading. And be gracious to you. 26, The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. 27. So shall they put my name upon the sons of Israel, and I will bless them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The priestly benediction. Thank you. End of chapter 6 of Numbers. We'll be back with discussion. Ooh, I was flipping back to... Uh, Ephesians and I got stuck at Ezekiel with something interesting. Ezekiel chapter 17 is all about two eagles and the vine. Ooh, I gotta stop for this. Two eagles and the vine. The word of the Lord came to me. Quote, The Messiah is shoot from the stump of Jesse, CF Isaiah 11, 1, and also the parable of the mustard seed, Matthew 13, 31 to 32. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, propound a riddle. Ooh, I love riddles. And speak an allegory. Ooh, I love allegories to the house of Israel, say, Thus says the Lord, A great eagle with great wings and long pinions, rich in plumage of many colors, came to Lebanon and took the top of the cedar. He broke off the topmost of its young twigs and carried it to a land of trade and set it in a city of merchants. Then he took the seed of the plant and planted it in fertile soil. 
he placed it beside abundant waters. He set it like a willow twig. And it sprouted and became, it sprouted and became a low spreading vine and its branches turned toward him and its roots remained where it stood. So it became a vine and brought forth branches and put forth foliage. But there was another great eagle with great wings and much plumage. And behold, this vine bent its roots toward him and shot forth its branches toward him that he might water it. From the bed where it was planted, the transplanted, he trans, from the bed where it was planted, he transplanted it to good soil by abundant waters that it might bring forth branches and bear fruit and become a noble vine. Say, thus says the Lord God, Will it thrive? Will he not pull up its roots and cut off its branches or fruit? Will it not cut off its fruit so that all its fresh sprouting leaves wither? It will not take a strong arm or many people to pull it, pull it from its roots. Behold, verse 10, when it is transplanted, will it thrive? Will it not utterly wither when the east wind strikes it, wither away on the bed where it grew? 11. The Olympic Games, Paris 2024. A once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to attend the opening ceremony on the same River flowing through the heart of Paris different options to share an unforgettable moment. Bridge 360, a unique hospitality concept bringing the classic Parisian brasserie atmosphere to the Alma Bridge with incredible panoramic views of Paris, creating magical moments before, during, and after the opening ceremony. With our Riverside Gold Package, enjoy world-class hospitality at the iconic Palais de Tokyo with stunning views of the Eiffel Tower before, during, and after the opening ceremony. Then take your premium seat with fabulous views of the opening ceremony. With our Riverside Silver Package, you have access to hospitality at Metropolitan. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, quote, Say now to the rebellious house, Do you not know what these things mean? Tell them. Behold, the king of Babylon came to Jerusalem and took her king and her princes and brought them to him to Babylon. 13. And he took one of the royal offspring and made a covenant with him, putting him under oath. 
the chief men of the land he had taken away. Fourteen. That the kingdom might be humble and not lift itself up. and that by keeping his covenant, it might stand. But he rebelled against him by sending ambassadors to Egypt, that they might give him horses and a large army. Will he succeed? Can a man escape who does such things? Can he break the covenant and yet escape? As I live, says the Lord, surely in the place where the king dwells, he made him king. Whose oath he despised and whose covenant with him he broke. In Babylon he shall die. Pharaoh, with his mighty army and great company, will not help him in war when mounds are cast up and siege walls built to cut off many lives. 18. Because he despised. Despised the oath and broke the covenant because... He gave his hand and yet did all these things. He shall not escape. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, as I live, surely my oath, which he despised, and my covenant, which he broke, I will repay upon his head I will spread my net over him, and he shall be taken in my snare, and I will bring him to Babylon and enter into judgment with him there for the treason he has committed against me, 21, and all the pick of his troops or the fruits and all the fruits of his troops shall fall by the sword. Oh no, I'm sorry, not, not, I, wrong footprint, for a footnote. Verse 21, and all the pick, meaning fugitives of his troops shall fall by the sword and the survivors shall be scattered to every wind. And you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken. You do anything to give her everything. We'll help guide you every step of the way. smells delicious, but you need help with the menu. Download the Google app. Just tap. 22. Thus says the Lord God, quote, 
I myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of the cedar and will set it out. I will break off from the topmost of its young twigs a tender one, and I myself will plant it upon a high and lofty mountain. 23. On the mountain height of Israel, of Israel will I plant it, that it may spring forth, that it may bring forth bogs and bear fruit and become a noble cedar, and under it will dwell all kinds of beasts. In the shade of its branches, birds of every sort will rest, will nest, 24, and all the trees of the field shall know that I, the Lord, bring low the high tree and make high the low tree. Dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken and I will do it. End of chapter 17 of the book of Ezekiel. Thank you for listening. We will be back. Okay, finally, today is Thursday, the 20th of July. Coming down to the wire, people. 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 Third week of July almost, tomorrow. All right, so we're going to continue chapter one. St. John, St. Don Bosco. War, huh, was a good for stirring up me. Okay, great. Chapter one, Don Bossio's visit to the Salesian houses in France. The rapid growth of the Salesian houses in both Italy and France kept Don Bosco from the oratory for increasingly longer and more frequently periods as he visited newly opened houses and conferred with promoters. What does that have to do with promoting bad lifestyle? I don't know, Mr. Urban. Increasingly longer and more frequent periods, he also visited newly opened houses and conferred with promoters. What? Add what? Andre Fryu. Okay. And benefactors. Above all, he could not lose touch with Rome, where the most vital interests of the congregation's future were under discussion. Luckily, he had in Turin the effective father, Ruah, Ruach, on whose good judgment he could fully rely. As the experience of the past few years had amply convinced him. Truly, he could not have asked for a more devoted son, a more loyal interpreter of his every wish, a more tireless and intelligent worker, a more enlightened mind, and a superior of more unchallenged authority. Nor could he have found a man since the energy 
so fully dedicated to his mission, so totally imbued with his ideas and so amply qualified not only to keep the reins of the oratory in hand, but also, good morning, good morning, so amply qualified, what's up? Not only to keep the reins of the oratory in hand, but also to be the founder's worthy spokesman, prime minister, at all levels and in all matters. Therefore, also in 1879, on several occasions, D.B. Don Bosco left the mother house for a considerable length of time without the slightest worry of what might happen in his absence. <gasps> OMG. Yeah. What's up? Ha ha, Dixie. Good morning. What's up? Digging the mic. Carlo Patantia. Mascara. What's up? You're hot. Okay, thank you. Let's continue. Therefore, also in 1879, on several occasions, Don Bosco left the mother house for a considerable length of time without the slightest worry of what might happen in his absence. In the next four chapters, we shall follow him through France, Liguria, Tuscany, and Rome, and homeward to Valdacco by another route via had he sought his physician's advice, he would certainly have been told not to risk the discomfort, fatigue, and rigors of such an extreme winter's journey. But when God chooses certain men to accomplish specific, spectacular feats for his greater glory on earth, you may safely say in a certain sense that though weak, quote, though weak, they were made powerful. How many words is that? Six. Count them. Though weak, they were made powerful. Though weak, they were made powerful. Yeah, but can you find that in scripture? Yeah, Hebrews 11, 34. So undaunted did they hold up under every adverse situation. He left Turin on December 30th giving Father Ruach little money, but leaving a circular describing a lottery of paintings. <gasps> Did we not just see that today? Yes. Steampunk. I'm in steampunk heaven. Which he was to mail on January 1st. He also gave him a letter for the cooperators to be published in the forthcoming January issue of the Salesian Bulletin. You want to swim? I'll walk with you. In which he was appealing to their charitable assistance. Father Cagliero accompanied Don Bosco DB. They spent a few days at San Pierterena and then on January 3rd went on to Alasio, where they found a director ailing and the house staff in a state of exhaustion. As the feat of epiphany was at hand, they all begged Don Bosco to let his talented companions stay behind for a few days to help their young students celebrate the feast, of course, and to revive their good spirit with his pleasant humor. Quote, I remain there, Father Caglagliero wrote, working a good deal. Yeah, deal shaken. My stay served as a pastoral visit to the Salesians and as a formal visit to the sisters. 
On this occasion, Don Bosco formally appointed Father Luis Rocas, vice director, which actually meant director, since Father Geruti's weak health and recent appointment as provincial made such a move necessary. DB, Don Bosco, left almost immediately for NAS or Nice, but it's spelled N-I-C-E, so Nice, NAS, taking with him super three clerics who had joined him at Sepier Terena, though no one there had any inkling of his coming. Somehow or other, the confreres seemed to feel that something extraordinary was in the air. For during dinner, they heard a very loud train whistle. I can't whistle. Nope. Can you whistle for me? Like a train? Thank you. Okay. Yeah, you'd be my whistler. An unusual occurrence and laughingly remarked, quote, something's going to happen. <laughs> After dinner, as the director took his hat to go out on business, the doorkeeper came dashing up to him, exclaiming, Don Bosco! DB, Don Bosco! At the news, the boys rushed out and surrounded Father Ronchal at the gate. Calmly, he stood there, thinking that they were either dreaming or joking, but as he opened the door, he saw DB himself step out of a coach. So coach is a thing, not a verb. The heartiest welcome was hastily improvised for him. On entering the house, DB asked the director about the health of Baron Amato. Herald, that too was a strange coincidence. For at that very moment, though uninformed of Don Bosco's visit, the Baron himself suddenly appeared, bowing and presenting DB with the keys. Then, no sooner had DB finished his dinner than the telegram, I have that app, which, contact me on there, he had sent from Menton, Mentos? I love Mentos. But this is a city of men, Ton, a ton of men. To announce his arrival was delivered. Everyone felt sad at Don Bosco's frail appearance. Train rides were usually hard on him. His eyesight was, as always, giving him trouble. And he felt queasy and close to vomiting. Nevertheless, Father Ronchel wrote, quote, he has great faith in the prayers of his sons and wants everyone to receive Holy Communion devoutly for this mention. Intention. Intention. Father Cagliero, in turn, wrote, quote, We must pray for D.B. Don Bosco. Both his eyes and his stomach constantly pain him, and we must realize that he is no longer the man he used to be. His traveling companions must be especially thoughtful and alert, for unaccustomed to asking, he now never makes his needs known. We have to anticipate them. During those days, he dictated three letters to Father Rua. He spent 
Sunday, January 5th, in the solemnity of the Epiphany at Nice, leaving for Marse Marseille. Marse Marseille. Marseille? Marseille. On January 7th, and taking Father Ranchel along as his secretary. So that Father Cagliadero arrived at Nice to find instructions that he was to fill in for the director of St. Pierre's Hospice during his absence. Well, since French ecclesiastical hat and clerical bib, which Don Bosco wore on his departure, provoked a few laughs, since his sons thought it quaint of him to dress that way. He laughed too and remarked, Carnival begins today, and we've all got to do something funny. But his humor covered up a far wiser attitude of his, as he dressed like a French ecclesiastic in France, so he wore Spanish clerics in Spain. When in Rome, why not? That same love of God and neighbor which made him all things to all people. Paul, in order to draw all to Jesus Christ, prompted him to present a fitting external appearance that would break down and rid minds of all harmful prejudices, such as, for example, that he meant to imprint a distinctly Italian nationalism on his work outside Italy. Such fears could only irritate the sensibilities, sensitivities of those countries which hosted him and raised doubts as to the sincerity of his zeal. Yes, many people are against the Z word, zeal. He and Father Rochal went to, by rail to Fregis, where they were most graciously met by Bishop Ferdinand Therese. Later that evening, they continued on to Marseille. There, they were greeted by the first blasts of the Mistral, an extremely cold northwest wind, you know, blowing from the mountains, which persisted for two days, and at times threatened to overturn the house. Certainly, it was not the best weather for D.B.'s delicate health, but the chill was not just in the air. At the start, almost no one paid D.B. any heed since he had come to Marseille without prior announcement. The only joyful welcome he received was at the parish festival, Festive Oratory. Even Canon Clement Guir, the pastor of St. Joseph Church, seemed to have changed. So indifferent was he to Don Bosco's presence indifference. Ah, oh, that's the worst. On his various visits to people, Don Bosco met only cold politeness. Ah, oh, so cold. And on one occasion, when calling on an important religious community, ah, uh, community, it was even worse. What happened? On asking the concierge for the superior, uh-huh, he was pointed the way to a staircase. Joseph's staircase? Corridor and room, whatever. Father Bologna was with him. They went upstairs, unescorted, looking about for the correct room. In it, they found these three priests seated on a sofa, engaged in conversation. What they say? Don Bosco humbly introduced himself, right? Then the superior asked, what do you want? I'm looking for Father Superior, Don Bosco answered. Wait in the antechamber. 
I would only like to tell Father Superior. Wait in the antechamber. We are busy just now. Don Bosco obliged and waited for some time. Finally, the superior appeared and curtly, in a standoffish way, asked, "What's your name?" "I am Don Bosco." "What can I do for you?" "I'd like to recommend the new boarding school I have just opened here in Marseille to your kind attention." "Nothing else." "No, Father. Only this, and to pay my respects." Well then, I understand. Good day. Good day. That's all he said, and he withdrew, leaving Don Bosco to find his own way out. Father Baloney staggered behind him, seething with resentment and chagrin. Oh, don't fret, Don Bosco told him, totally unruffled. They will be more embarrassed than we when they realize how rudely they have treated us. Indeed, years later, when wonders revealed the hand of providence on Don Bosco's work, those same priests were quick to call on him and pay their respects. Shortly, we shall point out what had caused such a radical shift of sentiment among the people that Father Baloney felt very uncomfortable and had to press Don Bosco to come to Marseille. Undismayed, Don Bosco tried to reassure the young director. His small room overlooked a hillock topped by three grand oak trees. Dun dun dun! Oh, I don't have my mod. But from below, an upward slanting courtyard made it possible to look into the rooms of the house. One day, Don Bosco pointed, pointing to the hillside through the uncurtained windows. Told the director, "You will see that we shall soon be freed of this clumsy setup, and up there we will have a large, handsome residence with a spacious, level playground." These words cheered up the director somewhat, but he did not fully put him at ease. Especially with Don Bosco, exclaimed, "I am wasting my time here." The fact was that there seemed to be no chance of getting anywhere. Don't I feel that right now? Well, the providence stepped in, and to help Don Bosco out of the deadlock, with an event which changed hearts and minds in the twinkling of an eye, <laughs> a Piedmontese woman from the Asti district. Astaire, Asti, brought her son to him. The young boy was a pitiful sight, frail, bent over double, with rickety limbs propped up with two crutches. He could have been no more than eight years old. Several days, students attending the Salesian school and members of the Saint Joseph Choir saw him pass by. When mother and son were ushered into Don Bosco's room, he said a few words to each of them. And then, blessing the little cripple, ordered him to drop his crutches. And then what happened? Well, then the transformation was instantaneous and total. The boy straightened up, threw down his crutches, and ran off. Besides herself, the mother snatched up the crutches and dashed out after him, shouting that it was a miracle. Neither of them was ever seen again. Interesting.
well, it was just eight months later, during this spiritual retreat, that Father Bologna went venturing to ask Don Bosco privately what had happened. He himself had not having been present at the time. Well, Don Bosco replied, confidentiality, Lily, you see, Don Bosco felt that he was just getting nowhere in France, and so he told Our Lady, Come now, let's get started. What a great start it was. The news of the marvels spread like wildfire through the city, creating such a farrar that people flocked to Don Bosco in endless lines. It cannot be said that Don Bosco ever mastered French, but he spoke it with an engaging frankness that lent a charm even to his inevitable mistakes. I need to get me a Frenchman. I met one guy, he's a German, he looks Chinese, and he speaks French. Or was it the French guy who does the pastries at Paris in Vegas? I gotta see both of them again once these, Lord, come on. <sighs> and a great start it was. The news of the marvel spread like wildfire, so I heard creating such a fervor, endless lines, yes, and then, well, it cannot be said. Yes, he didn't master French, and then, inevitable mistakes. What mistakes? Well, then too, his unshakable serenity. Ah. All the more striking in its contrast to the usual vivacity of the French, deeply impressed the people. His concerns in those days centered upon the need to enlarge the building and many of its visitors, his visitors, knowing this, veered, veered with each other in forecasting how rapidly that expansion would be made. Already they were talking about set, sheltering 250 boys without, within 200, what? 250 within six months. Oh, Don Bosco let them talk. But then, with a down-to-earth remark, uttered in a tone which sounded phlegmatic, by contrast, he broke his speakers back to the world of reality. Oh, how so? You ready to go home? All right, guys, we'll pick back up later. We are on reality somewhere. The middle of page six. We're going to pick back up on the last paragraph of page six. On January 12th, Father Baloney wrote to Father Raul. Raul. Rua. Rua. Sorry. Okay.